Marketplace. And uh, I think some of it's free. And I got some of that, some of that guy's uh, music in my phone. And it's very pleasant. He's got one for kids and for ba- like a one that's kind of more for babies. Like a, I can't remember what it's called, but I play that sometimes putting Charity down to sleep. And then he's got like freshened up hymns like that. So he's a, I recommend him. Uh, Greg Hallett is his name. All right, let's look at our Bibles in Exodus 20. And Jimmy, can you check on Noah, please? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Check on Noah. Yeah, go find out where he's at. All right, let's look in Exodus 20. My wife's in the nursery, so I'm trying to find out, okay, where's the other dudes at? Oh, there he is, right there. Saw him in the corner. Cool. All right. How can, I mean, he was camouflaged in red on a green chair. I should have seen him, right? All right. Exodus 20. All right, let's look at this. And so we're preaching through Ten Commandments. <clears throat> and I, we could do a lot, honestly, and I'm not, I wouldn't be repeating myself, and I wouldn't be stretching and making up material, but we could preach several messages just on this one. Exodus 20, verse 12 a parental honor, and I'm trying to keep it to two. So this will be the second message of many that we could preach. Um, Exodus 20, verse 12, Exodus 20, verse 12, the fifth of ten commandments, the fifth of ten commandments for this nation. This is what God says, this matters to me, this should matter to you, this should matter for this whole country if we do this command. Here we go, Exodus 20, verse 12, I'll read it once and we'll read it the second time together. Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Here we go. Let's read it together. Begin. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now let's just pause like we did last week. And let's just read some Bible verses on this. I'll try to keep my comments very minimal. Follow me to some more Bible verses. Jesus quoted that, and Jesus also quoted chapter 21, verse 17. Jesus quoted this, chapter 21, verse 17. This is where it gets in the Jewish law enforcement here on this. And he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Whoa. Now let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, Proverbs. Go to the Proverbs. And go to 23, Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23, 22. Proverbs 23, 22, it says, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Again, Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Now, move over, keep moving to the right. Let's get into the gospel message, or the gospel records. Matthew, go to Matthew 15. And now here, this has been spoken to adult men. Adult religious men who needed to hear this. Adult religious men. 
Matthew 15, and again, I'm trying not to preach everything that's about it, but at least listen to what he says here. Matthew 15, verses 1 through 6. Matthew 15, verses 1 through 6. Jesus then came to Jesus, scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Jesus didn't want any religious tradition to get in the way of still practicing parental honor. Let's go to uh, Ephesians 6, Ephesians chapter 6. Here's the Apostle Paul speaking to the churches. Ephesians 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. Ephesians 6, verse 1, 2, and 3. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Paul has addressed wives. He's addressed husbands. He's going to address children. He's going to address fathers. He's going to address servants. And masters, he's just going down the line, not just picking on any one person. Ephesians 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. That sounds like good stuff right there. Now go to Colossians, short, brief verse we've read before. Colossians 3, Colossians 3, verse 20, similar thing. He's talking to husbands and wives and children and servants and masters and not picking on any one person, but just dealing with everybody in their relationship situation. And in this one, Colossians 3, 20, children. Okay, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And so as we begin to open the Bible, we begin to look at this fifth command. I just want you to see right off the bat, it's something consistent throughout the Bible. God says, this isn't just some weird Old Testament thing and you can do away with it. It's for all ages. It's a timeless truth that we still need, and that is to practice parental honor as a child or as an adult. That's the gist of the whole message. And so what we've dealt with was last week we dealt with kind of four points of discussion. Four points of discussion, how that parental honor, honoring your parents, showing esteem and prizing them and, and showing uh, deference to them and showing that they're valuable to you. There's, four, there's eight total points, but the four we discussed last week were we see that in the Ten Commandments, everything's predicated on the first command. God didn't command you to honor your parent first. He commanded you to recognize him as your God and Savior and that he's the only God and Savior. And he dealt with his he's dealing with you submitting to him. And then he talks about, okay, now you honor your parent. And that's how so many things in life are. So many things in life come down to, if I'm having a problem, if I'm having an issue, whether it's related to your, this command of parenting or not, if I'm having any problem in life, the number one question is, am I submitted to God? Or do I have other gods before me? That's the first question to ask. 
The first question to ask yourself in life when you're having issues is, am I recognizing the first command, which is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I'm your God. I'm your Savior. Get that straight and everything else starts falling in line. So that's the same thing with this one. If you have problems with, I'm having problems, I don't like my parents, I'm having problems with my parents. Well, first thing is, okay, I get that, there's problems. But wait a minute, do you have any other gods before you? Have you submitted to God? Do you recognize that He's the authority in your life anyways? Everything's predicated on the first command. Secondly, in the Ten Commandments, you see that the Ten Commandments are laid out showing relationship priority, as I already mentioned. God is the first four commands, then parents, then other people. And that's how it is in life. God, family, other people. That's how it is. God shows priority. Number three, it's personal. When God says, honor thy father and thy mother, he says, thy. You, you identify your parent and you honor your parent. If you have a step-parent and you never knew your biological parents and they're acting parental to you, then you, you, you just transfer that obedience in, in their direction. That's how you do it. Esther had to do it with her older cousin who was an uncle type, Mordecai. She had to learn to honor him. She didn't have parents. Personal. Uh, number four, it's practical. And that's where we talked, in the, we talked about how that, when it says honor your parent, that means specific things you should do. Specifically, a person should learn, as a child especially, I'm going to listen. I'm going to obey my parent. They say do chores, do some chores. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to communicate respectfully, not roll my eyes, not groan, not grunt, not do all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to make it practical. I'm going to, as you get older, there's ways to honor your parent, learning to still remember them, uh, interact with them, don't forget them, give them a call, ask them questions, get counsel. They're honored by those things. This should be a practical thing. Jesus rebuked scribes and Pharisees because they knew all kinds of things, but they actually didn't practice it. They didn't practice parental honor. And it doesn't matter how religious you've been, how many times you've read your Bible, how long you've been in church, how long you've been a Christian. That doesn't matter. If you're not practicing this simple thing, then Jesus rebukes you and I as well. But we need to just do this. We need to just make it practical. And then today, we'll deal with these next four points. There was a teenager, there was a teenager that uh, I read about, actually when he was 11 years old, and you would know him, and we'll tell you more about him when we're done. When he was 11 years old, his dad died. And he lived in the back east, and his, uh, in fact, he is technically a blended family. His dad was actually married before and had four kids, and his, that wife died, so this dad was a widower with four kids, and he marries uh, this other woman named Mary. August married Mary, and, uh, uh, and they had their first child together. And uh, this boy that I'm telling you about, uh, they had him and some others, and then uh, some, by the time this boy that they had together was 11, August, this boy's dad died. And uh, now they had some property, they had a little bit of means and everything like that. And so, but yet this boy was 11 years old. He was in charge of some other younger siblings. He had to help manage the, the house. Uh, there was some other property they may have had. And so he's kind of like a leader and he had his mother, Mary. And so, uh, but, but this boy had some other half-brothers that were older than him that are already, some of them traveling, Already, some of them were in the military. And one of his older brothers, he really liked his name, was Lawrence. And this, this boy, 11 years old, now he's getting older, 12, 13, 14. He always wanted to know, what's Lawrence up to? When Lawrence would travel. Lawrence was in a, a military scenario. Sometimes he'd get on ships and go places off the eastern seaboard. He went down in the Caribbean. He was in a conflict, uh, in a military conflict, came back. And he would hear his brother tell these stories. And it got him interested in the sea. 
It got him interested in going across sea. And eventually he did get on the sea when he was later in his young adult years. He did took a two and a half month trip on sea and, and traveled some places. But he was wanting to go now. He was 14, 15, 16 years old, somewhere in that range. I, I've confirmed this story, but I haven't got that exact. Somewhere between 14 and 16, he finally said, I want to go join this Navy. I'm going to join the Navy. And so his brother was connected in the military. And uh, his brother would say, hey, I could get you on this one ship. I could get you on this ship. The ship, and I can get, make you, it was like a, a midshipman or something, some, some immediately being into a position. And this kid was mid-teens. You know, he's like, yeah. He wanted to do it. He wanted to do it and found out that not far from his house, he's again, he lived back east, was a, a ship that came to Chesapeake Bay. And it was one of these Navy ships that he could get on and join the Navy. And um, it was in the bay and he was some miles away. And his brother told him, hey, you can come down here. I already got a position for you. I got some connections here and you can join up with them. And so he wanted to do it. Now he's like 14, 15, 16 years old. He wanted to do it. And he kept telling his mom, he's told his mom about it. His mom's thinking about it. She's getting counsel. She's asking about it. She's like, I just, this is not going to be good. Not the idea of being in the Navy, but at this time, at this age, we're in our scenario. She's a widow herself. And he started packing his bags, and he got ready to go. And he's like, oh, I want to go. I want to go. And his mom finally, after some time, came and one day just broke down. She said, please don't go. Broke down sobbing. And she gave him some reasons, and they were legitimate reasons. And he realized he was needed there, and he <laughs> had to make a decision. Have you ever been in a scenario like that where it's like you, as a young person, I've been like this. You say, I really want to do this. You're a young person, not quite out of the house. I really want to do this one thing. And the, parents, the parent are giving you other advice. Like, what do you do? You really feel strong about something. What do you do? How do you... Do you just set aside that until you're an adult? Uh, do you go against them because you feel like it's so strong it must be of God? You know? What do you do when you're an adult and you want to do something you feel like you're supposed to do it and you're, one, a parent is against it? Do you still do it? Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the parental honor thing. So let's talk about this. For one thing I want you to see, we're going to pick up on this, is in the Bible, the whole concept of showing honor to a parent is perpetual. What that means is you do it your whole life. Here's what I mean. As a child, you honor and obey. <clears throat> As an adult, you don't have to obey. You just continue to honor. When you become an adult, they don't, this, don't, this is not snooty or snouty about this. My parents can't tell me what to do. Now, when you're a teenager in the house, you're like, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah I can. But when you get out, they, they can tell you what to do, but you don't have to obey it in that sense. And you don't have to be snotty about it. Like, yeah, I don't have to do what you say. I'm 18 now. I know what I'm doing. You know? Well, technically, you could say that. But even as you get to be an adult and you don't have to obey your parent, you should still be honorable to them, to them about not doing what they say. If you don't think you should do what they say. You should always try to listen to what they say because a fool does not listen. Hearken to thy father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she's old. Well, if she's old, that must mean you're old. So you should still at least listen to them. So when you're a child, this is perpetual. Always honor your parents. If they tell you to take out the garbage, 
take out the garbage without stomping and snotting and snorting and acting like a bull that's ready to charge something, you know. Just take out the garbage. Honor them. Do it honorably, you know. Um, and so, you know, and, and do it in an honorable way, respectful way, answer respectfully, look in the eye. That's how kids ought to be. And then when you're an adult, same thing. So it should be perpetual. It's something that should always be going on. Now, this, let's talk about this for a little bit. This whole command I'm preaching, we need to all promote this. All of us can promote this command. We can all promote the whole Ten Commandments, but we can all, if you're a child, if you're a teenager, if you're a parent or grandparent, we can all promote honor thy father and mother. And here's, we're going to get this at different angles, okay? Let's talk about this for a minute. How can we honor, how can we promote this fifth command? Versus prevent it, versus dismiss it, versus undermine it. Well, as teenagers and as kids, here's what you can do. If you're, if you're dealing with a friend and you guys want to do something, you should ask each other, what do your parents think? Well, they, I don't want to ask them that. It might sound like I care about God's commands. Right. Exactly. And it will go well with me. There's a promise in there. You should ask, a good Christian friend will say, what do your parents think about this? We don't know. I don't know, what do your parents think? That's a great question that a Christian should ask his friend. You should do that. You should do that. Now, you know, it doesn't mean you can't have discussions on whether you agree with them, but at least have some accountability. At least promote the fact that we each have authority over us and we're going to honor it until we're of age, and God will bless us for honoring it. It can be promoted between teenagers. For us as teachers and, and parents, you should promote it by, like, if you have a classroom of children, you defer to what their parents think, to what their parents want for them, to, to a large degree. When I was youth pastor at this church for a little while, I would often visit parents that are either in the church, some of them that weren't in the church, but we'd pick their kids up and bring them to church. And when I'd visit them, I would use this to get them interested in church and get them caring about what their kids are doing. They'd be like, hey, we're going to take your kid to camp. Uh, just before we take them to camp, I just want you to know, uh, or I want to know, is there anything that you want for this uh, little Sammy? Um, because I just want you to know, I, when I deal with this little dude, I look at myself as an extension of you. So is there anything you want to tell me? And I try to let them awaken in their mind the idea that I'm trying to serve them in a way as a parent and say, oh, yeah, watch out when he's with this person or you know, make sure that he does this at night or whatever. And I try to express that I'm an extension of the parent versus undermining them. And so that's how we ought to be when you're dealing, if you have a classroom of kids and you, what do your parents say? What do your parents say? And to a degree, you, you, to a large degree, you, you respect that. We need to promote it in that way. A lot of sometimes schools and liberal mindsets and liberal, the godless liberal mentality in the day, you know, if your kid is at school and think, he's a boy and thinks he's a girl and goes and tells the school that, they want to coddle that and let's protect that. It doesn't matter what your parents think about that. Like, get out of here. That's garbage. You know, they need to be deferring to parents a lot. Um, there's, a, there's a large liberal mentality in the public school system, not all of them, and I think probably Gilbert's an exception in some ways where the professionals think they know more and think they know what's better, better than the kids. In some cases, that's true. But all in all, the natural defaulting should be back to an apparent. 
So anyways, here we go. So it should be promoted. Let's think about some other things. All right. What happens sometimes in a family? What happens in a family? We need to promote this thing. We need to promote honoring the parents by, by my kids seeing me. Think about children watching a parent. By my kids seeing me honor my own parent, their grandma or grandpa. That'll help promote it. If they see me respectful to my mom, my dad, my wife respectful to her mom, her dad, even if there's disagreement, that helps promote it. Versus trash-talking a parent in front of your kids. That's not going to help. Uh, okay, here's another way we promote this command. Is spousal honor. I, as a husband, I have a wife. Wife has a husband. My kids need to see me honor my wife. My kids need to see my wife <coughs> honor her husband and show mutual honor and keep your arguments behind closed doors and things like that. They need to see that because that helps promote that from them upward to you. That helps. Um, if, uh, if the wife fusses and fights and argues with the dad, it shouldn't come as a surprise if the kids say, well, I'm going to fuss and fight and argue with the dad too. If the dad trash talks the mother and is disrespectful and, and doesn't show honor to her as a, as the, a valuable vessel, the weaker vessel, it shouldn't come as a surprise that the kids start picking up on that crusade. So we've got to like start it up here and create that culture of honor so the kids can follow that. And then also, this is what I'm finding, and my wife and I, we have to kind of work this out sometimes behind closed doors, is to be on the same page. Like, okay, watch this. Me, I have to find ways to back my wife on some of her policies for my kids. And my wife needs to back me on some of my policies and my decisions for my kids versus be against, okay, like, um, oh, the, the kids, can we have a cookie? You know the answer, right? What'd your mom say? Ask your mom. Yeah, what'd your mom say? Oh, she said we can't have one yet then. Ah, oh, you can't have one yet. I support that. I support that policy. And so, and the same thing, they come to mom. Oh, mom, mom, can we, uh, can we do a slip and slide in the backyard? What did your dad say? I already know what my mom, wife would say. No. <laughs> she would say, but she, what would your dad say? He said no. All right, then that's what. You know. So kind of back each other up. My brother and I, Chance, Chance is me, then my brother Cliff, and then Chance. So this is what happened. Let me tell you something that happened to our family. Um, so we knew how to work mom. We could be like, so if mom was in, hey, uh, mom, mom, can we, can we do slip and slide? In the backyard? Can we destroy your grass with a mud hole? Doing <laughs> slip and sliding? Uh, can we do slip and slide? Uh, no, no, Michael. That's a, it's just, we've already did it two days in a row. Now it's really going to mess it up, you know? Oh, but mom, well, we, now we can system. Mom's just, we can isolate mom. Chance might come from another angle. Oh, but my friends already told them they could come. They already said they can come over and they're expecting we can, you know? And I could work her and work her and work her and get it fine. She'd like, fine, fine, she'd let it go. And so we'd find a way to get it done, you know. But, however, if we would try something like that, this is, I don't know if my brother Chance remembers, this is what I remember. 
Mom, can we do? If dad was in the house and he's back in another room, and my dad couldn't hear that well, but if he was close enough where he can hear some of this, like close enough, like five feet, um, <laughs> Mom, can we just slide? Can we just slip inside in the backyard? Uh, no, it's going to make it. Oh, Mom, come on. And if dad, all dad had to say was, that's right. That's all he had to say. And if he said that, it was over. It was over. That's all he had to say. Ten, it might have been the 11th command. And Moses coming down from the mount, thou shalt not have slip and slide today. Oh, all my dad had to do was say, that's right. And it was like, oh, we got unity. We got a front against rebellious boys, and we're going to lose this one. All because parent, mom and dad got on the same page. So it helps. So, so we are, okay, we honor that. We honor the unity. We give respect to the unity, you know. And so that helps. So that's how it is, trying to get, you know, get on the same page as parents. That helps, like, stuff like that. Now, let me say something else, and, you know, a lot of the stuff we could go on. Here's another way for us. I'm going to speak to us as adults, parents. Here's how we can promote, and I'm learning this myself. I want my kids to honor me. I want my kids to honor their parent. I want my kids to honor the, the mom. Here's one way we could do it is by, some, by helping them out. You know, I want to love my, by, by not doing things to prevent it. I want to love my kid in such a way as like he's going to want to honor mom and dad. Here's the, the answer is by being honorable. I want to help promote honor in my home toward the parents by being an honorable parent myself. Now listen, the Bible says we should honor your parents even if they're not honorable and there's ways to do that. But why don't we want to help our kids? I don't want to frustrate. I got four boys left in the home and, and charity and I don't want to frustrate them. They're not going to like some things, but I don't want to do extra things to just rub their nose and make it frustrating to have me as their dad. I want to love them and give them the best I can and let them know I love them and make it to where when they honor the dad, it's like, it wasn't that hard. So do things like love that dude, love that little, little lady. The Bible talks about love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love them when you love them your best when they're at their worst and they aren't doing anything good. And they keep messing up everything and their brain is thinking so off. You're like, man, I just need to put them in a box until they turn 18. And then, you know, there's times like that where there's kind of a mess. And we were all there at some point. We are kind of a mental mess, an emotional mess. And, but love them, love them, love them, love them. And here's another thing. For us, it says this to dads, don't provoke him to wrath. Man, see, here's what, here's what that, we males, he didn't say, and you mothers provoke not your children to wrath. He says that dads, we know how to, we know how to trash talk. We know how to come at different angles to agitate and promote and, or provoke kids to wrath. So if, if I'm provoking my boys to wrath and I'm, I'm doing things that are just more of like um, hypercritical or just more of like an adversarial, more of like I'm the opponent on the, the other basketball team taunting them, that's provoking them to wrath, and I'm not supposed to do that, and that will make it hard for them to honor me. Now, we're good at that. I know how to trash talk. I know how to, you know, do comebacks and stuff like that, and I should just save it for when I play basketball with somebody else. 
if I want to step out of my Christianity, I guess. Yeah. But I certainly shouldn't do it with my kids. I want to make it to where I'm like, up, bring them up, bring them up, not provoke. That'll help my kids honor the parent. And another thing as parents that we should all do, and I don't know, again, I'm just throwing some things out here, is how we, I do not, as a parent, lament that you have to be their parent. Don't lament that you have to be their parent, even if they're special needs or they're bad. Oh, man, if I, it's almost like if you weren't in my life, my life would be so much better. You may not say it in those exact words, but that's how they're going to interpret it. Don't say that. That will not help your child. They'll honor you. If you speak in terms of, I just wish I wasn't your parent, not saying those words, but speaking in that tone, like it's an honor to be their parent. God gave them to you with all the bundle of issues. So I can do things, we can all do things to promote this thing by what we are being, all right? And so promote it. And then there's predicaments. And this is, a, this is like a whole kind of like a counseling thing that we'd have to deal with. There's predicaments in trying to honor a parent, right? Some of us, maybe even in here, you were mistreated by a parent, a biological dad or mother or a stepdad or stepmother. Man, we're messy we're messed up. In the average crowd, there's multiple people that have experienced abuse or sexual abuse. And yet, you know, there's ways that you still you have to give a respect, give a nod to the parent. There was a guy in this church. His dad was bad. He's not in this church anymore. He's doing well. He's in another place. But And his dad was... Uh, um, he was got locked up because of some misbehavior, and some of the misbehavior was in that kid's own home. And I remember going with this guy to visit his dad at jail, and he's like, "This is a little hard," but and he he does not look up to his dad like respect in the sense of respecting, but he's like, he's only showing honor like this is still my dad. This is still the guy who came home and did provide a paycheck and. He gave the degree of respect that I think at least was necessary. So sometimes people, let me just say a few things, sometimes people say, I was mistreated as a child, and that should be dealt with in a counseling session. But sometimes it's good if you had a parent that was mistreated, if you were mistreated as a child, one of the things that might help you is ask yourself, do I know if that parent was mistreated as a child too? Not that they, you excuse it, but you can kind of come around and understand a little bit. With my parent or my step so-and-so in a dysfunctional model of love in their home, and they're just passing it along, foolishly, but passing it along, can I still listen to that person patiently? Can I still remember them on a special occasion? Can I still recognize that person and not totally shun them? If you can at least do some of those things, then you're doing what God would require, I would say, at a minimum. You're still showing a degree. Sometimes there's predicaments like I was mistreated. Sometimes there's predicaments like my parents ridicule my Christian faith. This usually happens maybe when you get a little older. My parents go to the casino and spend thousands of dollars and they think I'm crazy for tithing at a church. And they ridicule that. My parents will watch 14 hours of TV, but they think I'm crazy for going to church for four hours a week. You know? 
Sometimes parents think that way. Why would a parent think that way? Probably because they're not saved themselves. The things of God are foolishness unto them. Or it could be because they've backslidden, their mentality is totally off. But one thing, if you have a parent like that, that's an adult parent or to you as an adult or to you even as a child, uh, understand that adversarial parents wouldn't expect, typically they don't expect you to honor them. But if you do, you'll see that it's supernatural Christianity and not just something normal. And there's ways to appropriately honor, like I said, at least listen, at least remember, at least recognize. Charles Stanley, who died this last year, there's a tremendous testimony about his dad died when he was really young. He was raised by his mother for a while, and then his mother had a, remarried, so he had a stepdad. He hated his stepdad. He, bat, he got to the pastorate, started preaching on years ago. He started preaching on forgiveness and all this, and he says, as I'm doing, he goes, I'm battling this with my dad, my, my stepdad, myself. His stepdad was still alive. And so he went and met with his stepdad. He sat him down. He, he went to a meeting. He says, and he called him by his name. He says, listen, I want, you to, I want to ask you to forgive me to a stepdad for the bitterness that I've held against you. It's kind of weird. He's saying, forgive me for not forgiving you. It's kind of what he's saying. That's interesting. He says, I want to ask you to forgive me for the bitterness I held against you. And that's all he expected. That's all he said. I just need to say this. Forgive me. I'm sorry I've been bitter against you. And he said a few things. And he just kind of left it at that. I just need to get this off my chest. He said when he said that, he, I don't think he'd ever seen his stepdad cry. His stepdad did the same thing. He's oh. And then he, his stepdad, actually apologized to him. I'm sorry. And it broke him open. I'm sorry for what I did and this and that. And I don't know if there was anything real severe, but enough to cause pain and some bitterness. And that triggered this stepdad to open up and say, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Charles, for this, this, and that. And it was like a sweet reconciliation. But it started with this guy's, Pastor Stanley's humility there of trying to show his Christianity to yet possibly an unsaved, uh, I'm not sure, uh, dad. But some people say, um, you know, you have uh, as, as a child, maybe you disagree with your parents' advice as a child. If you disagree with your parents' advice, you still have to do it. It's actually not advice, it's a command. Unless it involves immorality or abuse, then God gives you a voice to say no. God gives you the voice to say no as a child if your parent is insisting on something immoral, you know, biblically wrong or abusive. You have a voice to say no in those cases, but otherwise deal with it. As an adult, if you disagree with your parents' advice, you respectfully listen Pray about what's said and go on and make your own decision. So sometimes there's predicaments. All right? And, but let's look at this last part, the promised blessing. So look what the Bible says there. Well, in Ephesians it says it's the first commandment with promise. That it may be well with thee. Let's pause on that. If you don't do it, it won't go so well with thee. But if you do, it will go well. So Exodus 20 verse 12 that thou mayest live long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Let's think about Israel right now. Originally given to Israel, honor thy father, verse 12, and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Let's think about that. He's speaking now to each individual Israeli. You do this, and then he speaks about their occupation of that land. 
Now, Paul still says it applies to us, and we'll see that. Honor your parents, and you. this is one of the big things that's going to preserve this country in this country. Otherwise, you, we mess up on this, you're not going to be in this country very long. You're not going to be in this land. He's speaking of Israel. You won't be in that land very long if you just start going, eh, mom and dad, eh. uh, my, my needy mother, older mother. God's, God's like, this is a mess. I can't let this country continue on when the parent-child relationship so fragmented. So there's a social and there's an individual blessing in this. A social and an individual blessing. So a promised blessing. It is essential. So parental honor is an essential building block for all society. It helps an, it helps an intact home means an intact nation. That's why it's like this. This is why we talk about politics a lot of times. <laughs> a politician needs to get up. One of our politicians needs to get up and say, you know, I'm running for president, but I got to tell you, I really can't do anything for you. Moms, dads, kids, you can fix us all without running for office. And it's so true. If you think about all the social problems, they start going back to oh, a, a dysfunction in the home. And not to change, you, that's what you'll find. And so, and so um, that's what he's saying. If you do this, it's going to go well with you. It'll go well with us as an individual too. So I want you to just kind of see the breadth of this, this whole command here. Rebellion is costly. Honor is precious. So this, so this teenager was 14, 15, 16 years old, had his bags packed. He wanted to go. And his mom breaks down. He says, please don't go. This is not going to be good. And he unpacked the bags. He's still underage. He should have. His mom was a widow. He should have. He had other siblings. And he ended up taking other interests as a teenager, which was interesting because by the time he was 19 years old, by the way, he got experience fishing, hunting. He was by a river. His, he, he knew a little bit of the military because of his older brother. He ended up becoming very good in mathematics, trigonometry. This is years ago. He became one of the official surveyors at age 18 or 19, a licensed surveyor, I think, in the state of Virginia. That was a big deal of a country that's developing, being a surveyor. He could draw maps all when he was a teenager. But he decided to stay instead of getting on that British Naval Royal, British Royal Navy. And uh, he did the right thing. He didn't get a command. A ship, but he got a command, a whole, our whole armed forces as our first president. George Washington. You got a picture of him probably in your wallet. He didn't miss out on anything, did he? He honored his mom. Didn't miss out on anything. It seems like, it just seems like God honors those who honor him. And he especially honors those who honor the relationships that he actually chose for their life. There are certain relationships that you didn't choose, and there's others you choose. There's some you don't, don't choose. You don't choose your parents. But he honored the relationship scenario that God chose for him, and God honored him back. And he didn't miss out on anything. And I, I, that's how it is with us, is remember that. God honors those that honor the relationships that he's designed in our life.
as the greatest relationship Jesus is Jesus. The Bible says of the Lord Jesus that we are to honor the Son. We honor our parents, mom and dad. We honor God as a father, Malachi says. If I be a father, where's my honor? But we need to honor the Lord Jesus Christ by our faith in Him, our worship of Him. He's the greatest thing, greatest person that we should honor. And may we do that today. I hope we have help and encouragement in practicing this and promoting this. This is the made the Big Ten with God. Well, let's do that. Make it big in our life. Lord, thank you for letting us be together.